0: Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight two.
1: Hi, and thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited to be here, and I wanted to share a little bit about my personal journey with infertility as well. That will tie into why I'm doing what I'm doing. I was going through infertility for I would say 12 long years, which was a really long time in somebody's life. And just to give you some statistics, like I started with a miscarriage and then followed by a couple more miscarriages on my own. And then um, we started going for fertility treatments. And little I knew at that time that was going to be changing my life forever so we started with fertility treatments the initial clomid cycles and all those things did not work for me then we tried three IUI cycles that didn't work and then moved on to IVF the first IVF cycle is when I got super excited because I was doing my fair share of research on how IVF works and what are the statistics and the success rates and compared to IUI IVF had a lot more success rates so I was so thrilled and excited with that um, so we tried and I was, I was an awesome student, if you can call that, right? Like So going through this IVF journey, everything that I've, I've been asked to do, I did it. And I, I did more than what I can uh, with regards to taking medications, going for my, you know, work, up, like uh, treatment works, everything, right? So I did my bed rest, everything that was asked of me, I did it. But then uh, the day I was um, getting my blood work done just to say whether it's positive or negative. I was the first one in the clinic and, you know, I was just even waiting for before the clinic was even open, open because I knew my, like, you know, I, I already, already was feeling so positive about this. Like this is, this is it. This is my chance to get pregnant. When the clinic opened, I was so eager and enthusiastic to give my blood and the nurse told me after like Pradeepa, the doctor will typically call you in the afternoon with the results that, you know, I was, you know, I, at the time I had a blackberry mm-hmm. and I was mm-hmm. constantly looking at the blackberry in the morning, just in my head, I was realizing like, what if doctor got the results sooner because I was the first one in. So right. obviously right. they get the results sooner. And what if he saw it's a positive, great news that he just wanted to call me immediately and give me the good news constantly being distracted and looking at the phone for the call it didn't come in the morning although it come in the afternoon but for whatever weird reason I missed the call and the call went into the voicemail but when I saw the voicemail I immediately recognized the number because that was the number that I used to call like thousand times before because it was the clinic's number so when I listened to the message all I heard was Pradeepa I'm very sorry that's all I heard I didn't hear the rest of the message. I did not even even today. I don't know what the rest of the message was. I saw my phone dropping on the floor. I started crying like crazy. It was I was at work actually that time. As soon as I realized I was crying at a work setting, I just picked up my phone, ran to my desk, and picked up my bag and just ran outside. And that was so so heartbroken uh, breaking for me because this was I expected. Something so much out of this process. And when it didn't happen, it felt like I was climbing the stairs of the 30th floor building only to fall down face flat from the window and broken into pieces. And that's how it it felt. And that was really hard for me. I was grieving for a few days after that failure. And then somehow I had to, you know, pick my pieces again, stick it back together, and go back to doctor for the another concept, we wanted to know why, what happened and why it didn't work. And are there any options? Because the so-called golden standard for fertility treatment didn't work for me. So one turned into, so we tried, the the doctor changed some protocols. So one turned into two to three to four. We, we did eight cycles of IBS, IVF, back to back to back failures. And like I said, every time It felt like climbing the stairs of the 30th floor building only to fall down, face flat and broken and even broken and even broken. Mm -hmm. And it was testing me fully, right? Like I I was tested as a person. It affected me physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I was so stuck in this process that days were moving, calendar days were moving, months were moving, years were moving. But I personally felt stuck in my life. It felt like, you know, I was trying to walk a path with the, on a foggy road where no matter how hard I tried, I just could not see what's in front of me. And where am I going with this journey? That's how it felt for those long time. Monique.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely agree and attest to that. Uh, with my own personal journey and my journey was not near as long as you and your husband's, but um, you know, no matter what, and no matter what each of our diagnoses are, you know, it feels exactly the way that you said, and it doesn't get any easier. You get, yeah. it's almost like you get used to going through it, but it, you know, the emotions are still the same and the heartache and the grief and the, and the, um, the negative
1: talk, that we do sometimes to ourselves, you know, absolutely, there's all sorts of emotions that I did not want to acknowledge. And I tried to ignore them at that time, right? Two big ones that I typically talk about are shame and jealousy. jealousy. I was so ashamed of the fact that this is not happening for me. And I have a flaw in me that I'm not able to reproduce like everybody else in the world. And um, jealousy, it's not a mean kind of jealousy, but I can't help myself to be jealous, not jealous when people around me, people who got married way after me, who are much younger to me are all, you know, announcing their pregnancies and having baby showers and birthday parties and inviting me to those. It was, it's, it's not fun. It was horrific. And it was horrible to go through that. Yeah.
0: And you know what? Society doesn't help with that because they paint this picture, you know, all over TV, the internet, social media and everything that the key to a perfect life is marriage and then children and then, you know, expanding that family if you can, you know, and it just, I feel like after so many years, it becomes embedded in our subconscious minds. And then when we get those diagnoses and we have so much difficulty having children, you know, it just shatters everything. And, Exactly. And that's where the jealousy comes in because you like, you know, you look at somebody, you know, you look at a mom or you look at a friend or a family and you're like, why is it so easy for them? Why yeah. have I been
1: chosen this burden to carry, you know? Exactly. So. Exactly. Completely resonate with what you're saying. Like I used to walk around with this, why me board on, the, on top of my head, like why me or why not me? Right. I couldn't, like you said, I couldn't even talk to my own mother because my mom, in my mind, like mom, mom, you have me and my brother. Yeah, People don't know what it is like to go through infertility, yeah. right? So I could not even talk to my own mother and I was very hesitant to talk to anybody else. I kind of really kept it hush-hush. The only time that we exposed our pregnancy was with my first pregnancy when, where I ended up miscarrying in 11, 11 and a half weeks. Mm. But after that, it was so devastating for me. I never wanted to, and after my first pregnancy loss, all I heard was, People are trying to cheer me up and sympathize me and tell me facts that are not correct because they say like, oh, you know, you just lost a baby. That means, you know, I've seen so many people getting immediately pregnant after they miscarry. You know what? That was not the case for me. right? Even my OBGYN um, told me like, Pradeepa, just relax, take Mm -hmm. a vacation and have a glass of wine. That was my OB at that time. You know what? I don't drink. I don't drink a glass of wine and I took a vacation and not this happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. Right? So people just are so generous in giving all these advices, not truly understanding what's going on for that person. Right? Yeah. So I avoided at any and all cost talking about my personal life to anybody. Nobody knew, even my closest of friends knew that I was going through fertility challenges they know that I don't have a child but they don't ask they didn't they were never asked nor I give an opportunity for people to ask mm-hmm. they don't know what was because I was I was trying to hide it to the best of my ability yeah yeah
0: and I, I, I just want you guys to know that in listening I'm not trying to further bring about negativity in Pradeepa, is not either it's just helping to validate those feelings that we all feel in the journey and and not really the ignorance. I mean, it is ignorance because people don't really truly understand what infertility is and they do not know that it's a disease. But I've always said that we have to be gentle with them Sometimes more than with ourselves, because people really just truly do not know. And because it isn't happening to them, guess what? They're not going to go and research it nine times out of 10. And they're exactly. not going to force themselves to become knowledgeable about it. So it's up to us to have that, that patience. We want patience from them. And so therefore, we have to first give patience and, 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 and really educate those around us. And if they're not somebody who's in our immediate family, then really doesn't make any, any difference what they say or what opinion or judgments they make against us, you know? So
1: absolutely. Absolutely. yeah and the yeah. podcast like this conversations like this are you know we are doing this because we wanted more people to become aware of this right We wanted to mm-hmm. have more people know what it is like to go through unfortunately. <laughs> right You may not have gone through it by yourself, but that's okay. It is important to understand right Monique I talked to you earlier about the book um, when we were previously chatting. I talked about the book that I wrote, uh, wrote and published recently. The book itself is titled "Infertility Can Suck Less," and there is a chapter that I have completely dedicated for family and friends. And it says like and things you don't tell people going through infertility, because right. oftentimes when other people who have not gone through infertility, they mean well, they have good heart and good intentions. Majority of the people, right, our loved ones. Mm-hmm. There are things that they say that really, really hurts. And I've given like 20 plus things. It's again, I'm sharing this for awareness sake. but you don't tell people, right. Okay, oh, um, you know, just, just the one that I just t- told you about, like drink a mm-hmm. glass of wine. You, you know, it'll happen. The I do not drink and it didn't happen. Like, yeah, relax. Take a vacation. Right. Right. Or, you know, you're still young, right? You know, yeah, you still have years to grow. Things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And so don't, you know, don't assume. Don't assume things. And oftentimes people will say stuff like, you know, maybe you should try doing a ritual, whatever, like fill in the blanks. Maybe you should try this because it worked for my aunt's daughter's granddaughter, whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. something happened to somebody. So people, you know, like take that and force it on you. By the way, you know, how, how many people have said different things to me when I was going through this, go to this temple, do this ritual, right? Like uh, eat this diet, do yeah. follow this thing, right? Like do acupuncture, go to this massage, right? Um, drink this tea, right? Take this magic pill, right? Like, yeah, ride The unicorn. So things like that, um, you know, I'm, I'm saying that not because of frustration, but when I was actually going through that, I, you know what? I was following anything and everything because I was, Desperate, yeah, was yep. really desperate to break that rhythm of not having a child, break that rhythm of going through infertility because it was such a lonely journey for me. It was really hard. You know what? I went to support groups. They didn't help me. It's it felt like pity party to me. To be honest with you, right? Yeah. At the end of it, yeah. i was still feeling the same. My life still sucked. Right? My 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 path is unclear. And online support groups are even worse for me because I was looking for advice and suggestions from people who are not medically qualified, right? I put my HCG score in there and say like, do I have any chance? How stupid of me now reflecting back, right? None of those people in that group were medical professionals, mm-hmm. right? So I'm, I'm looking for wrong things in wrong places. And I was desperate because I was trying for hey, even if one person says, Oh Pradeepa, there is hope for you, right? I was just looking at, I was, I was, I was desperate for those things, not knowing, you know, those are not going to work.
0: Yeah. But
1: you know, I wouldn't say that it was stupid because
0: you went looking to fill a void that you needed to have filled at that time. And unfortunately, when we are in a state of desperation, we do not think clearly. And we do not see things clearly all of ta- all of the time. And we, like you said, because of the desperation, you, all you do is just, you're just going and jumping and hopping around to different tools and different mechanisms and different ways of trying to deal with something exactly. instead exactly. of just using the support group as a part of a total package of things that you do to, to cope with and to get through. So the support group was fine, but then maybe what we really needed at that time was a therapist to go along with that support group because a therapist is going to give you some kind of hope and inspiration that maybe the group can't because everybody's going through it. And so then everybody is just venting, but nobody's really coming out with that inspiration, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I did go for therapy. That didn't help me either. There's a reason why I became a coach because I couldn't really relate with the person who was trying to help me. Wonderful person Mm. as they are, but they did not understand what I was really going through and I really couldn't make that connection, right? Gotcha. I don't want to just sound somewhat, you know, like we are special. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't gone through this, you won't understand, right? So that, I was pretty sour with that person, right? Like you have no idea what I'm going through. So that relationship didn't last because I was not getting much out of that relationship, yeah, right? It fair. was not helping me. So I wanted to relate with somebody who has crossed the chasm and is now in a better spot. So I was looking at all these wrong places, who people who haven't crossed this, right? And I was also going through this. So that's why I lacked clarity because I was talking to people who really cannot show me what it is like, right? Who cannot take me where I wanted to go. Where am I going with this? Right. Nobody asked me. I was just following the protocol after protocol, treatment after treatment. Mm-hmm. Each IVF cycles is just a lot it to is. go through. Yeah. right? Like, And three donor cycles. Three donor cycles. Mm-hmm. Right? The only time that I got pregnant with my IVF cycles was with the first donor cycle. I got pregnant with twins, but I ended up miscarrying a devastating loss. Right. That was right. so devastating. That was the only time that I got ever got pregnant in my fertility treatment, but ended up losing it so quickly. Going through this by myself and not having a safe space to be me, myself and explore some of these feelings that I was having. I did not know that I needed that. But you know what? I pretended that I did not need it and my life sucked. It really, really sucked. Yeah. I was just putting myself in a shell. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was just binge watching Netflix even before binge watching was even a term. And <laughs> yeah, that's all I did. Like I, I, I know, I know for sure, like they saw my viewing patterns and somehow they, they coined this term, Padipa watching. Wow, she's watching like after one <laughs> another, after another, mm-hmm. like what's going on? And probably they couldn't name it like Padipa watching. So they have to come up with something. You know, I'm i am generally, genuinely—I—I'm so sold on that because I used to binge watch even before binge watching was even a thing in the world. Yeah, I believe that's it. That's how I was coping. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's how I was coping. Right? It affected me personally. It affected you know how I showed up at work. It affected my my relationship with my family and friends. It affected my relationship with my husband. Right? Our intimacy is it was going down the drain. Right? when you're asked to have timed sex and everything is so mechanical like that, right? and where you're talking about failure after failure after failure, and your self-confidence is getting shattered and shattered because none of these treatments are working, even if you're like acing through these treatments like a star student, right? It's like doing so well in the exam only to fail over and over and over and over again. Right? Know how hard mm-hmm. you try, it's just not happening and you don't have any control over it. That shatters who you are as a person so much. Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: to transition into talking more about fertility coaching and that niche of coaching services, I find so fascinating and amazing because most of the coaches that I see are usually people like yourself or myself who have gone through the journey. And so that's the, I guess, advantage they would have over a licensed therapist who maybe has never dealt with that type of trauma personally. And so I think it's very beneficial for you guys to find a coach. If you have a therapist who you feel like is not working or meshing well, or not resonating with that part of yourself that you're
1: dealing with the most, you know, like you just said, like there's so many people who are calling themselves as coaches, but what I offer is I offer life coaching for people who are going through infertility struggles, right? That's a big differentiating factor here. And I'm talking about, this is pure professional coaching, Coach, I, I kind of differentiate people often ask me like, what's the difference between a therapist and a, and a coach, because you just talked about it, right? So to me, both are very valid and very useful professions, but they address different things. Therapy is about talking why, you know, the things are there in the past, why it happened the way it happened. And, you know, the outcome of therapy is often healing. They're going after healing, but coaching is all about acknowledging and honoring the past and the present and actually taking the person from where they are to move forward towards wherever they wanted to go. Because what I was lacking in my journey, like I said, I was completely stuck and I I wanted to move forward because half of like just going through these treatments over and over again, even though the days were moving, I was not moving personally. I wanted to know where am I going with this? Nobody asked me a powerful question. Like, "What, do you, what are, where are you going with this? What do you want in life? Right? Nobody asked me that question. Yeah. Why do you want the child so badly? Okay. And those are the questions that I ask my clients. Because like you said, our society and system, our society, and has, a, has this very systematic way of thinking. Like, you know, like people born, um, especially, you know, like, you know, after a while you get, you become bigger you get married you have child and you have a family and then you die right like it's kind of like this is how the society should operate but when any of those doesn't happen it it becomes a big anomaly a lot of people I always ask this as a curious question like what's the big reason on why you want to have a child okay 95% of the people that I have talked to either my potential clients or my clients do not have an answer
0: Mm.
1: nobody knows yeah, I always ask that question. Nobody knows. Only two people out of all, that's why I said 95 person, only two people out of my clients and my potential clients, whoever I had conversations with, was able to give a clear answer immediately. They have thought through this before. Everybody else, a blank face, a blank stare, or a silence. And after that, they would say like, I have never thought about it that way. I don't know why. Just because, or that's the normal thing to do, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And that's what society expects me. Oh, that's what my family wants me, right? I, my, my mom and my, my, my mom and my in law are asking me that. That's, I think, that's what I'm supposed to do, right? You're supposed to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? I'm using commercial. my hands here and air cooling That's supposed to, right? So we have, we have been trained. We've been, we've been trained in this way of thinking for such a long time and nobody stopped and asked the question for themselves. Nowadays, you you can't just ask anybody if they are of a certain age, like, how many kids do you have? No, that's no. not the right mm-hmm. question to ask. Yeah, yeah. What, if, what if their choice is not to have a child? What if their choices don't want to, you know, like they don't want to get married, they want to remain single. What if their choice, like people have choice these days, just because if you are of a certain age, you're you're making huge assumptions here, right? That you're already married, that you already you know, your reproductive health is awesome, and you already have a child. Some people even go to the go to the point of asking, "How many kids do you have, or what are they studying?" How do you know mm. that they have kids? Mm-hmm. So you're just making these whole leap of assumptions. So it's our responsibility to educate the society. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa stop. That's not a good opening question, not in these days anymore, at least with a lot of us are talking about and making sure we are having awareness on infertility and all the other things. A good question to ask, hey, what's the big dream that you have in your life? Keep it generic, make it about them. Because when somebody asks, how many kids do you have in your life? I'm actually going to do a post on this. They're indirectly asking me, how is my sex life? That's deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What am I doing in bed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's none of your business. Mm-mm-mm. That's a right. good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's none of your business.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm not trying to sound mean here, but that's exactly how I hear it. When you ask me how many kids do I have, that means you're making assumptions that I'm married. You're making assumptions that I'm having regular sex. You're making assumption that my uh, I'm having unprotected intercourse, right? You're making assumption that I'm wanting to have a child. You're making assumption. I'm I'm just listing it out.
0: And I like the way that the conversation is going directly and uh, teaching others how to handle us during yeah. fertility struggles. And yeah. I think that plays a large part in in really the whole journey because. We don't want people to walk on eggshells, but at the same time we want people to have respect and to exactly. have empathy, right?
1: Exactly. Um, to, and of, yeah, yeah, of, go ahead, take of, it. Yeah, give us a tip. Yeah, go one ahead. One of the big feedback that I'm getting, Monique, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, promote my book here, but go look at the book for yourself. Um you, the book is available in Amazon and Kindle and paperback, just now releasing the Spanish version of the book too so you're the first person i'm sharing that too because we have a lot of spanish-speaking folks in the world and you know i wanted to make sure that they can read it in their own language and really understand it on what it is like so there is a chapter like i said that's dedicated for family and friends and out of all the feedback that i got people who have not gone through infertility struggles they are saying that this is so eye-opening for them to read a perspective, to look at it from the lens of somebody who is going through this. It's like a lot of people are having aha moments. It's such a short book. I did not write like a you know a big novel. It's it's, like, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. hardly 50, 50, 75 pages worth of content. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So it's a, such an easy, small book to pick it up and read. I would encourage all of you to read it. The reason being, you can understand about what it is like to go through infertility and how a woman struggle, how a man struggles through infertility, how if, it, if they are a married couple or a couple in relationship, it doesn't matter. How does infertility take a toll on relationship? Yeah. And if you're a family or a loved one or a friend, how can you support somebody? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's really important for the society to understand this. And so let's get
0: into that um, as a closing for today's episode, everyone leaving um, you, our listener with a sense of hope, um, especially right now as we're in the waiting season and, and leaving you guys today with some, some more clarity on how to deal with family and friends, especially now because we had the time to call and to talk and to, and to clear some things in the air. And so, but can you tell us a little or a few tips, maybe three, on how we can help ourselves and our family better navigate together, navigating how they should treat us and how they should love on us through this
1: time of fertility and infertility? Yeah, Absolutely. So if you are somebody, you're going through fertility challenges for yourself. One thing I would say is, don't acknowledge having an awareness of what is truly going on. right? If it really sucks for you, if it's really shameful for you, if it's really frustrating, if it's anger, right? any of those emotions, right? Oftentimes we are taught not to even think about those emotions because again society box emotions as these are good ones to express these are not good ones to express but what we are going through is what we are going through i don't differentiate emotions as good and bad ones i i only say emotions are emotions so first thing is have an awareness of what is going on the only way that you can have that awareness is to slow down and reflect yourself like reflect for yourself if you check out my book I have the book also has a workbook associated with that. So I'm not just giving you things to do, but I also, the workbook is very coach centric where I ask a lot of questions and you have to answer it for yourself and you have to come up with your own plans. So that way you will really understand what is going on for you because it's not the same for two people, right? Even between a couple, right? Uh, The way that, your, the wife goes through something is very different than her partner. It's very, very different. Understand. And the second is acknowledge. Don't hide it. Right. Oftentimes, especially talking to a lot of my male clients, they're so good in like, oh, ignoring that. Or, you know, no, I can't do that. Like I can't, I can't, I'm not going to be sharing here that I'm so angry. Right. And they They are so good in hiding or, you know, sweeping, sweeping it under the rug. So don't do that. Number two is really acknowledge what's truly going on for you. And number three, this is an affirmation. Just, you know, if you're hearing this, just say it for yourself. I feel whatever you're feeling right now. This is really hard for me. And that's okay. I'll repeat that. I feel whatever you're feeling. This is really hard for me. And that's Okay, That's okay. Say it for yourself. Because if you don't acknowledge and understand what's going on for you, other people will not. It can feel so vulnerable to go through some of those emotions by yourself. And it can feel so lonely, even though you're surrounded by people. Trust me, I have been there. I felt so lonely amidst of 100 people because it's all inside me, right? So work with somebody. You don't have to struggle through those silence, right? Your journey doesn't have to suck. Work with somebody, professional like myself, so that it can suck less. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Pradeepa, so much for your
0: time and for your wisdom and your knowledge on all things
1: fertility and emotional support. And if that is something that you wanted to explore, feel free to hit me up. My website, pradeepafertilitycoach.com and you can contact me through there. And I'm going to have Pradeepa's information in the show notes, her
0: website. And when you go to her website, you'll be able to connect with her on Instagram as well. And also there'll be um, there's a link for her book, uh, Infertility Can Suck Less. And I appreciate you so much, Pradeepa, for Again, this is going to truly be such an inspiration and give some hope back everyone as we enter into the world again and, and, and physically being around one another again and, and cycles, you know, being um, started again and everything. And I think that uh, a lot of people will resonate and, and, and be able to ask themselves and their spouses those hard questions too, so that they can get to, down to the core of why it is that they're doing what they're doing and and taking the time and the resources to have a child and become parents.
1: Thank you. Thank you again so much for the opportunity today. I really enjoyed talking to you.